And ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Spoken Tobacco Show. I am Matt Tobacco from SpokenTobacco.com, and I am joined once again by the beautiful Smoking Nicole. Jonathan Carney from La Flor Dominicana is absent this week as he had other business to attend to. Uh, but this week we're joined by one of our friends from our friends at McAuliffe Cigars, and that is Amanda McAuliffe. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me on. We have been wanting for you to come on the show for a while now, so we're really excited that today is the day. Yes. Um, we've been talking about it with everyone over there, with Dan and Andy and Sam, and now here you are. Uh, all of which I think have been on the show. Andy's been on, Dan's been on, Sam's been on, right? Yep. Yep. We were Sam's first podcast. We we popped his cherry, remember? <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's what he called it. Yeah, so, that's right. I forgot yeah, about that. I didn't realize, so I have a lot to live up to. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the staff's already been on here, so. Of course, I knew at the time, but I guess I had forgotten that everybody else had been on. So anyway, well, I've been looking forward to this. This and is. Hopefully, I will live up to their greatness. Oh, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Yes. Well, everyone and every ambassador knows, and anyone who's new to McAuliffe will know that you are a rock star. We're excited to have you on. Um, and we, we, we have we have a lot of things to do tonight, so let's just dive right into it. First, we're going to start with what we're smoking. Uh, Amanda, as the guest, what are you smoking tonight? I assume uh, a McAuliffe. I, I actually, so I dipped into the, the secret stash. We don't have many left, but I'm smoking uh, our uh, Magdalia Essie mm. released in March. We have a few left. And I thought, as a special for a special occasion, I would I would pull one out, and so that's what I'm smoking. And I'm uh, I'm trying a new whiskey tonight. Uh, Wadi Boone and Sons. It's their ancient reserve. I haven't had it. What's it called? It's Wadi Boone and Sons. In hmm. fact, so one of the fun things about working here is people bring us liquor all the time, and so we have a surprise <laughs> staff. And so I pulled this out, and it's pretty good. Anyway, uh, I highly recommend. Is it a bourbon or is it what, what kind of whiskey is it? American whiskey. Hmm. This is it. Did not know it. Didn't recognize it. Enjoying it. Hmm. So interesting. Now it's on Matt's radar. He has to look it up this very minute and I'm buy it. Lots of big whiskey. A really big bourbon guy. So. Yeah, I know. I know Sam, Andy, I think Stephen, and I think Dan are all big whiskey guys. So. So. so uh, Dan is actually a rum guy. Oh, uh, that's what it was. Dan's a rum guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I partake in my share of uh, whiskey as well. Uh, you know, so the team definitely tips toward the whiskey. Um, Steven is a big wine guy too. And so is Jared, of course. So we got a lot of drinkers mm. on the team, but I think that's pretty true of both cigar companies. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's half the fun. I mean, you need something to, to pair with your smoke. So exactly. every kind of alcohol is usually pretty good, whether it's, I mean, wine, rum is one I haven't gotten into. I'm getting into tequila now. Whiskey is a big one for me. I don't do any white spirits. Like I don't do any like white rums. I don't do vodka. I don't do... I mean, with the exception of like tequila, like you know, blancos. Like I'll do that, but I, I'm like you. I don't like uh, white liquor, and and I didn't think I like I would like rum in with a cigar. But when you get into some of these really good rums, they they are you know have enough body that they they really hold up. You know, it's not the it's not the rum that you that I remember from like you know being 25 on the beach. <laughs> it's right. Like a completely different beast. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of like barrel aged rums and stuff out there yeah. now. They're, it, the whole liquor world has gone from like A, B, and C to like it goes all the way into 
combinations of letters. It's it's crazy. The, the amount of stuff they have other than they age it in other liquor barrels. So like you have like whiskey aged in rum barrels, rum aged in whiskey barrels. It's it's crazy. Yeah, we've with the tequila front, we've been drinking an aged um, Corazon that was in a Weller barrel. Yes, and that's, that's been very, really good. very good. Oh, um, I love that. I'm a big fan of Weller, so that that would be interesting to track down. Yeah. Um, I have a great question for you then, but I'm gonna wait till after. <laughs> so first, um, so Nicole and I are both smoking the McAuliffe A. And according to our friends at TwoGuysCigars.com, you can find that cigar for eight thirty nine per single, or in a bundle for one forty nine ninety nine, and that is the number TwoGuysCigars.com. Um, so Amanda, you you just said I want to get right into this now. So you just said you were a fan of Weller. I, I enjoy drinking Weller. If we're gonna get super technical. And go and go like whiskey geek. I may not be the most interesting person to talk to. I just know what I like to drink. Well, I was just gonna ask you if you happen to know which Weller you like, because there's like the green one, the special reserve. Say, um, okay, you just because I was gonna say I like the green label, but I don't know what it's called. But yes. I like the green label. Okay. I would say that's one of my favorites as well. I mean, there's like the red one, which is the 107, which is popular. I know Sam likes that one a lot. Um, I'd probably say that's like my second favorite. And then there's the foolproof, which is the blue label, which is a little hard to find. And then there's the black label, the 12, which is insane. We both tried that one. And we're... It was good. It was good. You know, for for Weller drinkers, we thought it was good. But we didn't... For the hype, we were kind of like, nah. And the second... Uh, you know the second retail price you know the markup on it it's not it's not worth and that gonna say, so i'm probably going to say something really unpopular but i find a lot of times the stuff that people most want you know that's impossible to get a lot of times is never once it's not my favorite yeah yeah you know the 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 so i think some of it's a little bit um you know it's just everyone sort of jumping on board but it's not that it's bad it's just and maybe it's that the expectations are so high because it's so popular but i'm almost always a little like eh, when i get around to, you know when i'm when i when it's a pappy or something like that i'm like eh, it was good but like really for all that i will okay. say when it comes to pappy though uh and i've only had the 10 year and the 12 year uh the 10 year mm, i mean it doesn't really do it for me uh, the 12 year though, I love the 12 year. I think the 12 year is worth the hype. It's very, it, and I think it's very underrated because it's that one that is in between like the old rip 10 you see a lot. Yeah. And then you see the Pappy Van Winkles, the 15 right. and the 20, yeah. but the 12 year kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Cause I think a lot of people just kind of look at it as like this redheaded stepchild that is like, nah, it, it's not Pappy and it's not the old rip Van Winkle. But it's very good. It's a 90 proof, so it's lower in the it. proof. I've had the, oh. I've had the 10, I've had the 15, but I'll, so I'll try the 12. The 12 for me was like, if you like the Weller Special Reserve, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna love the Weller 12. You're gonna okay. love the Pappy 12. You'll you okay. will. I promise you, you will. Um, so Amanda, a lot of cigar stuff to cover aside from other, you know, liquor and all that. Um, as a sister of the leaf. Um, yes. we're happy to have you on. We've been, uh, every time we've been able to have a sister of the leaf on, it's been, it's been awesome. It's something we've been trying to highlight more here at the smoke and tobacco show. Um, so I think after Amanda, the only other person we have left that we like really need to have on the show is your dad, Al. So tell we us, 
happen. Yeah, I think he's like the only one left <laughs> after you. Definitely make that happen. Uh, he's way more entertaining than me. He's got way better stories. So we'll we'll definitely figure out how to do that. Um. So Amanda, tell me, or you know, tell the audience who you know might not be as familiar with McAuliffe. Um, how did how did you get involved with McAuliffe cigars? At what at what point did you you get involved with the company? Have you been there since the beginning? You know, no, no, no. no. So um, I late twenty nineteen was when I first uh, came back. I actually so I I had been working in California for about twenty years, a little more than twenty years, um, and in late twenty nineteen I decided that it was sort of some. Uh, an easy time to make a break from California and come back and really wanted to uh, come home and work with my dad. I kind of realized that, you know, if I wanted to work with him and learn from him, that it would be a, the time was sort of now. Uh, and so I came back with the intention of working uh, in marketing with some of our family businesses. And I'm going to be really honest, like the cigar business, I was not excited about. I kind of was like, what's this man thinking? He started the cigar company, <laughs> was like 74 years old. Who does that? Uh, I thought, I was like, he's, really completely finally lost it. Uh, I didn't smoke a cigar. I didn't know anything about the cigar business. And so I was just sort of like, okay, it was to me like the stepchild company. I'm like, all right, I, I'm going to need to do some marketing with this thing, but I'm also really focused on these other businesses. Um, and I've been completely surprised and it's absolutely become, uh, you know, a, a huge passion of mine. And I really have come to both love smoking cigars, but the industry as a whole and I absolutely love the work we get to do at Macau Cigars and all the fun that we have and so it's been without question uh, a I've had a complete reversal and I just sort of laugh at myself now that that I was so sort of like whatever cigars uh, so completely changed my mind but uh, so anyway when I stepped in the company was about two two and a half years old um, I started at the same time that Dan officially started as president, he had been working with the company as a uh, director on our board for some time. But we both sort of officially started on the same day. And, you know, it's just been a really fun, rewarding experience. Yeah, it, it's been interesting to really watch the culture at McAuliffe grow and unfold. And in it, it's a very unique team that's over there. And I think that... Well, well yeah, I mean, you have, you have Dan and I who have who both come from different you know business backgrounds but neither of us had any you know don't come out from the cigar industry at all mm -hmm. Sam, you know loves cigars but you know this is the first job he had right out of college so you know that's a sort of a different perspective and then of course you know andy and the sales team have all been in and around cigars for a long time uh and then alan who runs the you know factory in nicaragua who does a phenomenal job has worked with our family for more than 35 years and he's run different manufacturing plants for us all over the world but certainly nothing like cigars and so and nothing in south america so uh, it's this interesting mashup we definitely come to the business in a non-traditional way yeah i i think that's one of the things that makes McAuliffe so special is that you just have so many different you know point of views and experiences and i think that's what kind of makes a, a team special when you have everyone kind of trying to do the same thing um i feel like people just they get kind of locked into this certain train of thought what were you gonna say well i was just gonna say what i've noticed too is because you all come from those different backgrounds you know different industries have grown throughout the years and really kind of solidified their ways so i see where like dan has brought microsoft in and like 
you, you know, just like all these different processes that the scar industry didn't have before. Um, and that's what has, I think, contributed to your success in a way, um, is that we've had the fresh take or you've had the fresh take on it and then taken it and grown and like shot up. <laughs> like, well, thank you. I, I have to say hats off to the cigar industry because they have been, you know, a lot of people have really been so open and helpful and shared so much information. I mean, Carney is like a perfect example, you know, because of his relationship with Andy, we've gotten to know him. And, you know, here's a guy who has loads of industry experience and could have easily been like, oh, those McCalla people, they don't know what they're talking about. They're from completely different industries. But a lot of people have actually really been really open and helpful and excited, you know, about having some some different kind of people in the cigar business. And so, it, you know, it's been fun. And it's the thing that I probably have really come to love most about the cigar business is the community around it and how you know it would be easy for consumers to think we're all competitors but i think a lot of us don't think about it like that we really you know think about there's room for more than one brand and a strong you know cigar industry has a lot of different options for people and and we all need to support each other and it's it's cool to see so amanda one of the things about McAuliffe that i think is we have to mention because it's very important and i think it's been a huge success for you guys um, kind of in this same topic is the, the creation of the ambassador program. I think that that has been a huge advantage that you guys have. And I've begun to fall to see other brands, even retailers, try to start their own social groups that have been very successful. You know, I know, for example, Abe Dababnar at Smoke In um, has started the Smoke In social group. Um and he has his own Abe coins and stuff very similar. Not that he copied or anything like that. He does it in his own way and it's, and it's very special and he's done a great job with that. But you, you've seen a lot of people try to create that specific little community around their brand, uh, especially after what happened the last couple of years with the pandemic. And, you know, we, we've talked about it time and time again, how the business was always very, it was a very outdated business. It was a business that was always face-to-face -face and forcing it to go digitally. I think a lot of people were forced to think outside the box. And you guys had the ambassador program, which was fantastic. Um, and it's and it's always, it's ever growing. It's getting bigger by the day. There's a group on Facebook. Um, the ambassador is a very loyal group of people. Tell us a little bit about how the ambassador program kind of came to be and what your plans are for it as you continue to grow. I mean, thank you. I, I share your enthusiasm. I love the ambassadors. I love the community. Um, the ambassador group actually started about six months before uh, I started here. Um, but community building is something I've been passionate about a long time and a big focus of what I was doing in California prior to coming uh, to McAllister Cigars was in and around community building, especially uh, in a digital or social world. And I think it's I think it's such an important way for people to connect. And I think people are hungry for connection. And we no longer think the connection has to be in person with somebody who lives in your city. And so I think there's a big opportunity to put people together in a way that there never has been before. And, you know, a lot of people sort of bag on social media and it certainly has its problems, but I do think it allows for people all over the world to come together that are like-minded and enjoy the same things and, and find each other and tell stories and, and, and stuff like that. And I think, you know, the ambassador group is just an extension of that idea. You know, it's sort of a virtual clubhouse. 
And, um, you know, it was it was going and it was starting to grow and it was doing well prior to the, the pandemic. And I certainly would never, ever wish or want an event like that again. But having the time that we had starting March of last year and all of our sales team to be sort of grounded at home did create a unique opportunity for us to get to know our ambassadors even more and to really get to focus on content creation in a way that we would not have been able to, at least at the scale that we did, if everybody was out on the road. Um, but you know, we made a decision that we wanted to keep our team intact and keep everybody employed. And so then the question became, okay, so what are we going to do with them? And the obvious answer was, you know, let's create content. And our ambassadors are going to be stuck at home too. And so why not, you know, start creating content for them? And it really allowed for us to be able to experiment and grow and try different things in a way that just would have been impossible if you're we trying to juggle all the normal day-to-day -day business things. So, you know, that kind of let us jumpstart, if you will, the ambassador program onto a whole new level. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, going forward, I think it's, you know, we want to grow the ambassador community, you know, much bigger. But I think we have a real um, keen understanding that uh, with as the group gets bigger, we really need to focus on making sure that people still feel really connected. And so how do we allow the group to get bigger but create, you know, I don't want to say subgroups because that makes it seem like it's divided, but, you know, opportunities for like-minded people within the group to be able to form, you know, other clubs, if you will, where it's all still Macalla cigars, but maybe you find somebody else who really enjoys fishing while smoking cigars or, so, or a group of people who really enjoy golfing. And so allowing you to still have a, a more one-to-one -one intimate relationship with a couple hundred people, and then, but you're still part of this bigger thing that's already in the thousands and we want to get it into the more, you know, tens of thousands. You know, and so as I, we think about the McAuliffe, you know, ambassador program, it really is about, you know, growing it and, and bringing more people into the community, but also at the same time, making sure that the family aspect of it still stays very real. Uh, and then, you know, the other thing that I, you, I, I really hope that we see within the ambassador group is support for teaching and educating people who are cigar curious. You know, both, you know, we're making a big effort this year and we're really excited for more uh, Sisters of the Leaf to come and be part of the ambassador group and to join us. But we want that, you know, for us, it's still, it's, it still extends beyond that, you know, whether it's millennials, you know, uh, you know, baby boomers, we don't really care that we would like our ambassadors to become ambassadors for the cigar community as a whole, not just Macau cigars, and arm them with the tools to be able to, you know, really introduce and help people who are interested in cigars but maybe don't know where to start into that journey. Uh, you know, and of course, along the way, we hope that they become interested and invested in Macau cigars. But again, even if all they do is become interested and invested in the cigar business, we still think that's a good thing, you know, as a whole. And so we really like... McAuliffe Cigar Ambassadors to be a major force around that. I like that. I do too. I know <laughs> it was, that was a lot, but it was very well said. Um, yeah, I, I just, I think that, uh, I think that it's been, like I said before, it's been very, it's been very successful. It's been very important. Uh, you guys have done a really great job with that. Um, you know, I, I know from my experience with the ambassador, you know, uh, group in the in the, in the, the community is that <clears throat> as much as you guys may have given them the, the world 
um, in terms of you know the, the creation of the group. They almost they're almost kind of like their own like uh, you can't control them. Yeah, like they're, they 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 kind of like can feed themselves so to speak. Like they they do their own things within that community, um, you know, and, and they have their own live sessions like almost every other night, and they're on there from like seven o'clock till like sometimes they're on there till like two in the morning. Um, we've been on there a bunch of times. Um, you know, you, you guys have given us, uh, the, the wonderful Orlando Perez, um, <laughs> ambassador of the year, William White, uh, and so, so many others not leaving anyone out, but you know, there's a lot of cool people, but, um, uh, you know, just, just cool people who, and like you said, like this, as much as the ambassador group, you know, has been good for McAuliffe and all that, there has been you know, even on those ambassador hangouts and herfs that they do, like people are smoking other stuff. And, and, and it's just, it, it's not just like it's a McAuliffe thing. Like it's all about McAuliffe too. It's, it's a cigar thing. Uh, and people get together and they, they smoke cigars and they, and they, and they communicate and they socialize and they create relationships. And, um, so I think that's important to know too. It's, it's not even as much as it's been good for your brand and it's helped your brand. It's also not just like for anyone who's like, you know, thinking about, you know, doing it. It's not even just, about socially it's not even just about McAuliffe it's just a, it's a it's a it's a really dedicated cigar group um where everyone can just kind of feel comfortable to get together and and hang out and have a cigar and just to piggyback on that I think because there are other brands who have groups but I feel like McAuliffe does it very well in mm. terms of other like being more open to other brands you know I feel like it, it, other like new people come in and hop in um, and they, they come on the hearth and they're like, oh yeah, I just, you know, I just joined the group and they're not smoking in McAuliffe because it's not around them, but then they're being sure. educated on McAuliffe and they're like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta go get one, but no one's, well, you know, I mean, you know, uh, you know, not a big secret. We smoke things that aren't McAuliffe, you know, like uh, everyone, right. Of course. And you, you know, you want to appreciate and smoke great cigars and, and, you know, I love our cigars, but there are lots of other manufacturers that make fantastic cigars and it would be really inauthentic of us to pretend that the only thing we smoked or the only thing people who were ambassadors ever smoked were McAuliffe cigars it would be crazy uh you know so I think it's you know I I I love that our ambassadors have enough affinity and respect for the brand that they primarily post and focus on and celebrate McAuliffe and we appreciate that but we absolutely want people to feel the freedom to also talk about the other things that they're smoking and the other brands they like and releases they're excited about and and things like that and you know like part of um off the record on Wednesday is really going out of our way to bring you know leaders from other companies you know onto the channel and let our ambassadors you know meet them and get to know them and hopefully become invested in their companies as well. Yeah, I, I, that's another thing you know. You touched on this off the record. You you guys have as a brand, not many brands have started their own like media avenue. Um, you guys have done that with off the record, and it's been very successful. And, and as you said, you know, you you guys have had other brand, you know, owners or representatives or whoever on the show, um, you know, to 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 talk about you know their stuff too. So you know, here's a brand who's you know, self-established and they're advertising themselves. But at the same time, you know, they're also working with other brands too. Uh, and it's just, it's very refreshing. It's refreshing to see that. It's refreshing to see, uh, you know, and Cynthia Fuente said this to me one time. She, she, she said, you know, as much as like in the business, you know, we all compete with each other, you know, for business and for sales. In the bigger picture, you know, we're all on the same team. 
and we all yeah. have to stick together because it is a small industry and it's in a very attacked industry. Um, so it, it, it's nice to see, you know, when brands do support each other. Uh, and I, cause I think that it's, it's very important for this industry specifically. Um, you know, maybe, maybe not every industry and I'm not talking about any other industry cause I'm not well versed in any other industry, but for this industry specifically, I think it's, it's very important to do. Um, so I am going to chime in. So we have a couple questions from Buddy Warren in the audience. And one is, is there any plans for new blends um, and Vitolas? Um, but also, when is Amanda going to practice yoga on the call again? Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. Do you guys know that story? I don't, I don't but know I would that love one. to hear it. So I'll, I'll address that first just because it's now the elephant in the room. Thank you, Buddy. <laughs> um, so when the... Uh, it would have been last spring sometime when uh, we were really just getting into virtual events and everyone was trying to figure out what does the world look like with, you know, lounges closed everywhere. And we were doing a virtual event in the evening and Al was meant was on and I had gone over to his house and gotten, uh, you know, his, the camera set up and he was on and he was doing his thing. And uh, I actually had a uh, Pilates class that I used to zoom into. Um, and I thought, well, I've got him set up and I'm going to go over into this other corner and I'm off camera and no one will ever see me. And I'm just going to put my Pilates mat down and I'm going to do some Pilates. And I didn't realize that every time I would do anything that would require, you know, any sort of back bend or, you know, legs overhead sort of thing, my little feet would just come into frame and then they would go out of frame. <laughs> and so about the third or fourth time this happens and I'm behind Al, so he doesn't see it. Somebody finally goes is Amanda doing yoga? And he was like, well, she's over there doing something. And that has forever become the running joke of when am I going to, anyway. So, uh, yeah, we like to keep a wheel on the caliph, super polished. I don't know. I think some of these guys might need Pilates in their life. So who doesn't need a strong core? (laughs) Let's, let's be real. Uh, Yes. Anyway, uh, to answer buddy's question, I can tell you, uh, that we, absolutely are planning uh for new releases um you know we have there are some limitations around exactly what we can do from a blend standpoint at least right now because there's some big questions with how the fda is going to regulate cigars but that we're always working on exciting new things um and you know we're already looking to we you know the new things in 2022 and even into 2023 what are the things that i was most surprised about as i got into the business is how long it really takes to develop a, a blend and a cigar and a Vitola and, and tr- sample things and then all the components that go together, roll them, rest them, get them to the States. You know, it doesn't happen quick. So you don't get to go, I want a new cigar and, you know, three months later it's on the shelves. So, you know, yes, there's some cool new things planned. Uh, no, I'm not going to tell, tell you what they are, buddy, but I will tell you, you will not be disappointed that, you know, I think we'll have at least two new things a year uh, on average, sometimes some other things. Um, and then depending how, you know, some rules come down, it'll maybe allow for even more uh, creativity. But no matter what, I think you guys will be very excited about what we have planned for the next, you know, 18 to 24 months. Awesome. I think that, you know, since we, we touched on that subject, I think maybe we can hit the news really quick. Yeah. Um, 
Our news segment is brought to you by, of course, our friends at McAuliffe Cigars. McAuliffe Cigars become an ambassador today, um, as we've already talked to you and pitched you about. So I'm going to keep the ad real short this week because we've pretty much already been running it the whole time. Um, So this week, uh, we we continue to see, uh, you know, more regulation stuff kind of happen. And a Washington, D.C. council votes in in favor of flavored tobacco ban on a vote that was nine to three. Uh, if approved, Bill 2420 would ban the sale of flavored tobacco products as well as flavored e-cigarettes and vaping products. It would also ban the sale and distribution of electronic smoking devices within a quarter mile of a middle school or high school. Uh, while there's an exemption on the bill that would still allow for the sale of flavored hookah products, it would ban the sale of all flavored cigars in Washington, D.C. And yet here we are again. Uh, you know, it's again... You know, a, we don't really need to get too deep into it. It's kind of redundant at this point. We continue to see local governments, you know, voting in, in, in favor of, you know, removing flavored tobacco products, treating them all the same, uh, even though, you know, it, arguably there's there's a lot of differences there, especially when it comes to cigars. Um, I think the big thing, again, is, you know, the electronic cigarette thing happened a few years ago. It became very popular, and all the kids wanted it, and all the, all the, all the you know, the cool funky flavors and all that stuff had to really appeal to kids, and uh, it was getting kids, you know, on nicotine and stuff, and created a whole other thing, and they decided, well, let's just rope all the tobacco into it, and, uh, and now, you know, as in the premium cigar industry, it's, um, you know, it's had its own casualties, so it, it it's it's uh, it's upsetting to see because at the end of the day, it, it's not just the flavored stuff. If anyone's like, yeah, but that's just flavored stuff. That doesn't affect me. You know, it starts with the flavored stuff. You know, and they you know, they get that from you, and they go, well, I got that. I can get this from you, and they keep going after it. So you, you can't you can't give them anything. Uh, you got to continue to fight, and that's why we support you know Premium Cigar Association, Cigar Rights of America, uh, all those groups that are so key to protecting the industry that we all know and love so uh that's our that's our big news segment for the week uh just you know another brick in the wall on the uh on the legislative stuff so but anyway moving on so yeah we don't have john with us this week so amanda you're gonna miss out on the soap review Uh, i know i'm so heartbroken yeah, I, f- I feel like you would have had a lot more fun with that than most most of the people that do come on. Um, we could do a soap review. We could. we could. I mean, we could hijack John's segment. How how, how would we want to do this? You could call me in on my phone. I could get a bucket and we could go to town right here. Wow, <laughs> this show just got a whole lot more interesting. You know, Amanda, this Maybe is not- the thing. This is the thing. When you when you when you do these things organically, like right here on the air, like this is not planned. It's like. All right, and I know John's watching because uh, he's he's been commenting. I would love to steal his thunder while he's not here to defend it because what's he gonna do? He's just gonna sit there and like watch and be like, "No, that's not how the soap review goes. I mean, you're not doing it right." I'll I just do don't it. think we have good soap. We I have like Dawn dish soap. That no, we, I got that. Be... I got my all my keels upstairs. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's good soap. <laughs> well, hold on, Nicole. I'm gonna call you out. You work at a spa and you don't have good soap at home. I oh, mean, I have I do. face soap, but he yeah. is the one who loves Kiehl's products, um, which yes. is a staple where I am. Um, and he owns more Kiehl's products than I do. So it's true. <laughs> All right. Would not have guessed that, but that's a great piece of trivia to have on Matt. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It is right here for the whole world to see. We'll see. Maybe today is not the day, but we'll have to. Yeah. John, we're coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna surprise. You know what we're going to do? 
is when he goes to do a soap review, I'm going to it's time for the soap review, and I'm going to dive into one. I'm just going to cut him right out, and then he's going to be like, what's going on? I'll be like, I'm doing the soap review. And he'll just sit there with that soap in his hand like, oh, okay, what do I do? Okay, is this happening? Yeah, you're not, You're sitting this one out. It's, it's my turn. And he'll just sit there dumbfounded like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I like I like when these I like when these ideas flow. Yeah, that's how my mind works. Um, and no, Bruce Stark, I am not calling him a girly man. Yeah, Bruce, so, stay in your lane. Just, <laughs> just so you know, I'm not calling him a girly man, but hygiene is important. It is. Men, you so. gotta be. You gotta be clean. You know. You gotta be clean. That's 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 very important. Um, I take good care of myself. You know, I want to live a long time. <laughs> want to smell good you know i want nicole to enjoy my presence it's and it, even though we smoke cigars i don't like him smelling like cigars so boom that's that's my thing she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't always get like with that a lot of times i'm too tired after i smoke and i'll shower in yeah. the morning but hey you know such is life uh i see that dan is with us now he says hello all so dan welcome to the show uh from from the from the chat room um amanda so another thing that you guys have released recently we kind of touched on this when andy was on i think that was like two months ago now um or no it was right after like we got last ba- month yeah it was right yeah. after we got back from florida yeah he hopped in uh is the release of the cigar journals that McAuliffe has yes. started tell us a little bit about that uh so i've gotten to do a lot of really really fun things uh since joining the team my favorite thing may be May have been putting together the the journal. It was really really fun, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and it's something I pa- was passionate about because uh, it it came from a very personal space. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned that cigar. I was not a cigar person prior to coming to McAuliffe Cigars, uh, and I had you know probably one of the best situations somebody can have as a new smoker, and that I was surrounded by people who all smoked cigars and were invested in m- me, be- you know, learning and understanding cigars, and so I had you know, more help than anybody could ever possibly want. And yet I constantly found myself sort of wishing that there was one place I could kind of go to, to get information that, you know, people would show me things and tell me things, but at some point it's like, I don't know if I can ask Sam one more time how to, you know, cut my, you know, cigar properly or what cut I want for the cigar and, you know, whatever it was. Uh, And I really just wished that there was some sort of, primer for like how to smoke a cigar that you could reference and um alongside that i also you know quick recognized that cigar lounges can feel uh in stores for that matter can feel kind of intimidating when you're not a cigar smoker and again i felt that intimidation and was also in probably one of the best possible situations to walk into a cigar lounge so how must somebody feel who really has no connection to the industry if they're going into a lounge and so the journal really came from this idea that we wanted to reduce the friction for somebody who might be interested in cigars so they could uh, you know, feel very comfortable uh, learning about cigars and enjoying cigars at their pace in whatever environment they wanted. And so the journal was really you know, put together with that idea in mind to, to really create something that somebody could you know, reference back to and kind of use throughout their initial cigar journey to you know, explore and experience cigars, and if they had questions, they could reference you know, back. Would have there's certainly a lot of information that's not in the journal. I mean, the journal's not that long, but it hopefully has all the sort of basic core information you would need to start your cigar journey. And then, as you 
find get more comfortable and discover things and find things you may choose to take a deeper dive you know into a certain area or you might want to go on you know tours of you know cigar factories in Nicaragua or Dominican Republic and things and get far more information than we could ever put in the journal but we wanted something that would just make it very very easy for somebody to pick up and be able to explore this you know really cool community we're part of yeah, one of the things that I liked about it was, you know, how it's it's detailed, but it's simple. It's it's not too overwhelming. It's not like you're reading a novel, you know. You're not looking at like you know cigars for dummies, and it, it it's the way it's put together is really nice. And um, we have we have some of them. I wish I grabbed one. It's right in the other room. I, I'm gonna grab one. Okay, you go grab one. All right, I'm gonna go grab one. <laughs> but I love also the part at the back um, of the journal, which has. Um, it's a uh, cigar shops that also have women who are in the yeah. retailer, the industry. So tell us a little bit about that. So, you know, uh, again, I made lots of assumptions about cigars and I was wrong on nearly all of them. Uh, you know, and I, I did not realize what an integral part of uh, cigar making women are, you know, uh, both, you know, from fields all the way to, you know, getting them into our hands in shops. And then how many women are, you know, work in or own cigar stores uh, and I had no idea and so as we were you know bantering about and think, you know really thinking about how we wanted to bring this journal to life we really also wanted to take a minute to highlight the number of women that are part of uh, the day-to-day cigar world you know it's and on and really boots on the ground I mean there's some incredible women that are part of the cigar industry as well and there's you know, many women that you know are owners of cigar companies and that you know are marketers you know, people and or have other, you know, executive roles at major cigar companies. But we really wanted to focus on the people that were dealing day to day with consumers and, and, and highlight them. And, you know, the, the one thing I want to add, especially, you know, as your audience is watching, you know, we did our best to put together a, a list that we know is not complete. You know, and so as we publish, you know, new copies of the journal, we want that list to constantly be evolving and growing. And so, you know, if you are a female tobacconist or shop manager or owner, or if you know of one that we didn't include, please, please reach out and tell us. We really want to create, you know, sort of the the full list and we can't do that without everybody's help. I love that. And you have it. I do. Flipping I'm, I'm flipping <laughs> through it because, well, there's a couple of things I want to highlight. First of all, I love how there's a section here for relighting a cigar and removing the band because I feel like that's something that's not talked about enough with a lot of new people. Like, I, I feel like a, a lot of the, the new cigar smokers I run into, they think that when it goes out that they're done. Right. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, you, it can be redone. And then they think they have to cut the. And I'm like, no, you don't have to do that either. Um, so it's nice to, to see, you know, simp- you know, some simpler stuff like that, but it's stuff that doesn't often get talked about. Like everyone always talks about, well, cutting and lighting and, you know, they kind of touch on humidity a little bit. Um, but like, you know, relighting is a big one that always has to be explained. Removing the band. People think like, oh, we ripped the band off. Some, some cigars, no, you know, you wait as you smoke that cigar and the heat goes through and it softens the band. If not, you know, you could rip the wrapper on the cigar and then that runs into a whole nother set of issues um you know flavor notes there was a section in here on um like manufacturing the color sorting like all really really good stuff and it in this i love how small the book is too because it's it's not cumbersome either it's a nice thin book it's not too big we wanted people to be able to carry it with them uh i love that you noticed the relighting thing because 
when I started smoking, I swear I spent more time relighting my cigar than smoking my cigar. Like all I was ever doing was relighting my cigar. Uh, and so uh, I was a, it was very important to me. I was like, people need to know that this happens and it's not a big deal and you don't have to be embarrassed and you'll find a rhythm and you won't always have to relight so often, but like it's a part of smoking and not to sweat it. Absolutely. We talked about that while you were. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. The uh, One of the things I noticed in here, I'm trying to find it, sorry, is, oh, yeah, right in here. So there's almost a, um, there's a, a tasting passport kind of already almost built into this book as well. Um, there is. But, uh, again, to sort of, you know, circle back to one of the things we were talking about earlier, uh, we do have, you know, passport pages or, or, you know, entries available for the McAuliffe line, but we actually put more blank pages in there than McAuliffe pages because we really want to encourage people to try other people's cigars as well. Yeah, which and is very important. Have to turn to another journal or another notebook to be able to keep track of other things that they smoke as they're exploring cigars. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a, that's a nice touch too because, you know, I feel like a lot of people. I mean, and look, if you did it that way, and that's fine. But I like how you guys were like, well, like let's open it up to other brands as well. Again, uh, embracing the community is how is kind of how I look at it with McAuliffe. Is they, you know, it, it's not just about them. It's kind of about everyone together. Um, not and hey, not that any brands that don't do that are bad. It's just, you know, again, it's the saying of you know people do whatever works for you. It's fine. And um, if you are trying to get a loved one into cigars, this yeah. is a great place to start, which I, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, I gave one of these to one of my best friends who is not a cigar smoker, but um, she is trying to be. So I made her a little care package and I gave her one of these. <laughs> so she kind of knew where to start, where to go, kind of how to track things. And she loved it. And so she's um, filled out, I want to say like two pages <laughs> so far but um this makes a great gift to give to people who are like oh i might you know i might want to start it will make them more confident to do things on their own and smoke on their own so she knows what to do now <laughs> when i'm not around to the cut and lighter cigar so <laughs> yeah i mean i would say that one of the things i was kind of going to build into you know especially with the two of you here is you know the the aspect of you know having more sisters of the leaf you know involved in the community and in the industry um, and I think that both of you specifically have done a great job of that and, you know, in, in each of your ways. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is great. And, and that scenario right there is a, is a perfect example of, you know, we talk about ambassadors, you know, ambassadors, you know, from McAuliffe or, or, you know, whatever, but it's, it's nice to see, and it's been interesting to watch, you know, in the recent times, women being ambassadors for other women into the cigar industry. Uh, and I think, Amanda, you've done a great job at that. I know you guys, Nicole was involved. You had a women's panel a few months ago um, that I know she was a part of. I think I was doing a show. You were doing that. Uh, and then I kind of caught on the end of that after. Yes. Um, but that was really cool. That was really interesting. you know. And Nicole has done that for a lot of people. Um, you know, on a personal level too, you know, like with her friend, uh, her friend Michelle. I'll give her the shout out because I know you didn't, but I'll do it. Wow, throwing shade. I know. Um, so, uh, but no, I mean, I think it's really important. So, Amanda, you know, as someone who, let me turn my ringer off here. Um, so, as someone who, you know, a, a female in the industry, you know, have you found it to be, um, it, the cigar industry specifically, have you found it more challenging to kind of break out 
you know, and, and, and show, you know, growth and, or, or do anything and expand in this industry than other industries or anything that you've worked in? So it's been, it's been super, one of the things that I think is so interesting and I, and I think a big part of it is I think that the the timing, it, it really, the time is now. I mean, I think that we are in a really unique period in which there's a whole bunch of things coming together that will make cigar smoking more interesting to a broader set of women. You know, and it has everything to do with, you know, more women have uh, the kind of income where they can, you know, spend money on, you know, enjoying cigars. And they have, you know, the kind of jobs where they might be looking for the social aspect of smoking cigars and, and things like that. And there are more women than ever in executive roles in the cigar industry. So it's not eyebrows aren't raised so much today that there would be a woman in an executive level. So I think all those things really, really help. But you know, the thing that I was pleasantly surprised by, and, you know, Nicole, I would want to hear if you've noticed the same thing. I haven't found very many women in my life when I have mentioned that I'm doing this, or would you like to smoke a cigar, I, that aren't interested. To be honest, I find more women saying, yeah, I want to try, teach me than men. And maybe that's because, you know, most men who were already interested in smoking cigars had already been able to try or experiment with guy friends or at a bachelor party or whatever, and women didn't have that pathway and we're excited to find the pathway but i haven't found a single girlfriend that wasn't at least interested in trying a cigar and, and learning about it um and so you know i've found people to be super accepting and i've also been really uh surprised and excited about how open men are to women being in the industry you know i would have thought more men would have been a little more like whoa 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 this is our space and the opposite you know, most men would be excited if their spouse or significant other or, you know, sister, mother, whomever might sit down on the porch and smoke a cigar with them. You know, it's a great way to spend time with somebody. And so, uh, you know, men have been big advocates. And as we've started talking, you know, with uh, particularly our ambassador group about bringing more women in, I can't tell you how many men have gone to, you know, the women in their lives and said, look, this group, you know, wants women, you should give this a try. And, and so, uh, you know, men have been really, really big advocates of bringing, you know, women in their lives to cigars. So uh, I, you know, I just, I applaud everybody that, that they've been as open and willing to sort of say, hey, this doesn't need to be a boys club. Let's make this an everybody's club, you know, and, and people are really doing it together. And we've seen, you know, our, the number of women in our ambassador group double in the last six months. I think also, though, you know, as much as men have been supportive, I think other women are more open to it when they're getting an invitation from another woman. I think that's it as well. I do think it helps. And I think, you know, it's awesome. People like you, Nicole, are are smoking in such a public way. But, you know, every week you're on video. Because I do think the more that women see other women, just see the, the suggestion of smoking by seeing other women on social media or, you know, on podcasts and on, you know, live smoking, it, it puts the idea in people's heads that, you know, this can be for me too. And so I think that's super, super important. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Nicole, you know, one of the things that I, I found earlier on was, you know, Nicole was kind of going to be such a different like ambassador not mcauliffe wise just you know as a as a cigar person or like an influencer or what or whatever you want to you know call it you know uh you know she she became part of smoking tobacco with me but you know having that female aspect to our brand of media 
you know, it's been very, it's been very interesting because it, it's created such a different avenue where other women now, you know, follow us, you know, and I think it's kind of that whole, like, I was just going to chime in too in our, our women followers. So we had done like a sticker run where we had, um, a bunch of our followers, you know, they just had to request and we'd send them a free sticker, right? So we had like 600 requests and like a hundred of them were from women. <laughs> so we actually have more women followers than I, I was aware of for one. Um, yep. But that, I it shouldn't shock me, but it did <laughs> because not all yeah. of them are in the group talking all the time, but I think. Right. I think, yeah. you know, I'm so glad you brought that up. I think that's another, I think that's completely a real thing. There's a lot of women that are interested and sometimes they may not be quite as vocal. Yeah. And I think as more women join, they'll hopefully become a little more vocal, but that there's a lot of, there's a lot more women out there than we think. And, you know, as long as we just keep doing this and talking about it, I think we'll see more and more. I think it's one of those things that, yeah, it's, it's, there was a time when it was, it was always seen as a man's thing. There wasn't many women involved. And then slowly more and more women started to explore and get into it and like it. And then kind of pass that influence on. And it's been like this slow little like wildfire that's been gaining and gaining and gaining. And now there's a lot of them, um, you know, and I think that especially, you know, look on social media, there's a lot more women on social media, you know, posting cigar stuff or cigar content or, uh, you know, photos, videos, whatever they're doing, all sorts of different things. And it's been interesting to see how much traction they have gained, Um and it's 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 really come a long way and you know it's all as the the world of well, the world of everything you know continues to become more and more digital and more you know integral with social media as does the cigar industry with it as well and you've seen the cigar industry as we mentioned before you know as it's kind of behind on its digital media you know presence um having all these women involved too has really helped catapult that as well you know with everyone being online and it's created such an, an influence to you know get more people involved um and again i think the two of you guys have done a great job with that in you know your respective you know positions you know nicole with media and you know amanda with you you know with you know a, a brand and a, manu and a manufacturer um and we i'm looking at the comments right here uh i'm not happy with the comments right now <laughs> uh -oh. why what wh which one did you not like oh they're coming uh buddy warren let's see here buddy um Need Amanda McAuliffe to host a women's panel on cigar and adult beverages pairing without White Claws or ciders. Now, I'm in. I love my whiskey, but... Amanda does too. I do enjoy a White Claw because they're two carbs. Everyone can pair with whatever they want, but, you know, buddy, uh, I, I, I do enjoy uh, adult beverages, uh, particularly some bourbon, and so um, I'm down. Let's do it. I, I actually, Sam, I know is cooking up. A, he's got Jared on Friday, uh, and they're doing some wine pairing. Oh, that's uh, nice. And so, yeah. so yes, and so you know, you know, we want we we do we are on a little bit of a, a pairing trend, but but stay tuned. You're gonna find see us pairing with more and more things. Yeah, I, I we we should do more pairings ourselves. It, we've done a little bit of it, and it's something that I kind of forgotten about. But we should definitely uh, we should do that some more. We should. It would have to be a whole nother, whole nother episode, so we can focus on our guests. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, not now, but I mean, yeah, that's something we should yeah. definitely do, do more with. And then uh, our friend, uh, hold on, where did it go? Where did it go? Ah, uh, our friend Casey from Smoke In. Hello, people. We love women. <laughs> Thanks, Casey. Yes. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> 
talking about it. And the bottom line is, the cigar community loves women. So you know, let's go. Let's go talk about it and get more women in this in the cigar world. Well, I mean, I think what's important is you know too. We can even worth mentioning is you guys have a cigar. Well, actually, two technically, um, but which one of them you're smoking and it's also behind you. That was it's called the Migdalia. Um, yes. I know the story behind it, but I'm, I want to let you explain it to the audience. The significance behind Migdalia. Yes. So um, the uh, our legacy uh, line of cigars is blended by the Gomez Sanchez family, and it was actually uh, you know Al started Macau Cigars after meeting uh, Adele and Joel Gomez San- Sanchez, uh, and really seeing you know the care and expertise they had around rolling cigars. They're an old Cuban family. Um, both sides of the family were in the cigar industry. Migdalia, uh, their mother, was a renowned cigar roller, and she actually traveled the world representing Cuba uh, as a cigar roller prior to leaving uh, Cuba. Uh, and then uh, their grandfather on, the fa- on their father's side was a master blender, uh, you know, of some, of some note. Uh, and so the family ha- is multi-generation deep in uh, cigars, which is, you know, one of the things I, I love about this business is that, you know, this is truly an artisanal product and these things aren't written down. They're passed down from grandfather to, to the father, to the grandchildren and in all, you know, the techniques and the way in which that, you know, they, people blend and learn about tobacco is all really, you know, hands-on and very fam- f- familial basis. Uh, and so, you know, that's very much represented in the Gomez Sanchez family. Uh, and so as, as Al, uh, you know, started working more closely with Joelle and Edel, he also got to, to know uh, Magdalia well, uh, you know, and she is very much the matriarch of the family. And, uh, you know, she, he, uh, they were all working very closely with us down at our factory in Nicaragua. And, you know, Al asked Magdalia if she would blend a cigar for McAuliffe. Uh, and so she did. Uh, and I, I was not witness to the blending, but I have been told by, by both Al and Alan that, um, you know, she took a great deal of care blending the cigar and she wanted no input from her sons. <laughs> she, she knew what she wanted to do and she had something in mind. And uh, I call it the, I call it Medallia magic because uh, I think that the Medallia is a really exceptional blend and it does have some little something special in there that's kind of hard to really identify, but she really did something unique. Um, and so she she uh, blended the cigar, and we decided to release it. And so they we named it uh, Migdalia after her. And when we kind of knew that we really wanted to put a highlight on women in the cigar industry, it was an easy decision that, of course, the special edition we would release around highlighting all the strong women, both in the cigar industry, but really worldwide, to really just sort of, you know, take a moment and thank strong women in our lives. It was an obvious choice that we would, you know, do a special edition version of the, of the Migdalia cigar. And so, um, you know, it's been fun. It's, I happen to love the blend, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm honored to work with people like Alan and Dan and Andy, who all, you know, jump on board and say, okay, we can do that and get behind it. And uh, it's been a really, really fun journey to get to, to bring the SE out. And then along with that, the journal and all that stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, the, um, you know, it was funny. I was recently, I can't remember, I'm trying to remember when it was. It was about, probably about a month ago. Um, I was actually drinking the uh, the Weller Barrel Age tequila that we had mentioned before. 
uh, one night and I grabbed a cigar and I, I was like, you know, I'm going to grab a Magdalia because we have a box in the house. And I just remember lighting it up and smoking. And I hadn't had one in a long time. And I, I said, I'm going to have one of these because I haven't had one and I, I, I really, really want to. And I remember sitting in there and like right away, I just remember I was like, wow, this is really good. It's better than I remember. And after smoking a lot of the line somewhat recently at that time, uh, I just remember all, a lot of the McAuliffe's were really fresh in my mind. And I just remember being like, wow, this really like blows me away. Um, and it's one of those things like when you, you know, going through the tasting passport and all that stuff, you know, smoking through everything like the first time, you're, you're too busy kind of focusing on each one in particular and trying to figure it out and all that. And as you smoke them all a few times and then you kind of circle back, you can kind of start to compare cigars to each other. And I remember there was a point when, like, I just, I loved the Leander number one. And then it was like, well, I really like the A. And then I just kind of smoked, and the Herencia Habano. And I, I really smoked through a lot of them enough that I kind of got to a point where I knew them all pretty well. And I smoked the Magdalia again. And I just remember something happened. And I was like, wow, this is my favorite McAuliffe. This cigar... And I remember texting Sam and Andy too. I I texted right away. I was like, I said to Sam, I was like, man, I'm like, I don't remember this being so good. Like it just it it's blowing me away right now. Like I don't know if it's just like the setting, but I was just like, and he was like, yeah, no. He's like, I would say like that's probably like one of the favorites among all the staff. And I was like, yeah, it's 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 amazing. I, I love this cigar. Um, I would say, in terms of McAuliffe's, my my first thought, my first go to is going to be McDalia. Um, I really do enjoy that blend a lot. And so, and I, and I, I like how we were able to kind of like tie this in too, because it is a great cigar and there's a lot of good meaning behind it as well. Um, well, M- Magdalia was the first McAuliffe I ever smoked. And oh, that was, was before, the first, I didn't even realize that. And it was before, you know, we were even ambassadors. We kind of participated. So this is, you know, going back early last year. And I remember, you know, you had had a pack and you were like, oh, I haven't, I haven't even tried them at this point. Cause that's how, you know, how long ago it was. And so I just grabbed one and I had it. And I remember looking at you cause you were doing a show and I was like, have you had one of these? And he's like, no, cause you know, we being in media, we get a lot of samples. And well, I had a pack that I originally got from Andy that didn't have one in there. Had like Leander one, Leander two, I think it had. Well, there was something I found with the, with a medallion. Yeah. Anyway, but he's like, no, and I'm like, try it. Like you have to try it. And I was just so hung up on the medallion for like a couple of weeks <laughs> at that point. And it was before a lot of retailers up here in uh, Massachusetts, New yeah. Hampshire, even carried them. You know, you weren't up here at all, so it was a lot harder to come by. And you know, in the last year, it's boomed up here <laughs> you know two guys um twin smoke shop tobacco haven like now we can go anywhere and get our metallics but and steve is killing it you were so excited to yeah. have steve on board because he's he is really the uh the northeast needed some love and and i think we're finally starting just starting to like you know stretch our legs up there which is awesome yeah but it, it was great but i do um uh, Charlie said uh, Leenda's, or Ma- Mark says still Leenda guy. <laughs> and that was his. So the Leenda is the sort of quintessential Gomez Sanchez blend. Uh, you know, it's something, uh, it's a very old blend for their family. Uh, they are very proud of it, and they should be. It's a really uh, exceptional cigar. Um, and, you know, the, the Leenda, uh, the SE of that was actually the first cigar that I smoked 
that I finally, like, the light bulb went off for me. Like, I had been smoking and trying things, but I was still a little like, I don't know, what's everybody talking about? Like, it's fine, it's good, but, like, what's the fuss? And then I smoked an LSE one day, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Now I get it. Like, this is what people, you know, keep coming back for. This, this taste, this feeling. And, you know, from that moment forward, I've sort of, and then I found other things I really like, including the Megalia. But, but the LSE has a really special place for me because it was the first cigar I smoked of anybody's that I was like, oh, I think I like cigars. So, yeah, it's an exceptional blend. What would you say your top three McAuliffe cigars are in order? So, now that, okay, that's tough. So, <laughs> I, so, so I'm going to cheat a little bit. <laughs> because I'm going to say my absolute favorite, and I don't know, it's, it's going to be hard for something to knock this from number one, is the uh, Migdalia Special Edition. You know, um, I, I, I love the size. I love the creaminess. It's like all the great things of the regular Migdalia, but it's just a little bit creamier. And I just, I love that smoke. And I truly can't imagine something else coming along and, and replacing it, though I would. I hope we we do that someday. But uh, it's my absolute favorite. My next go-to, and this is where I'm the same cheat. Is I'm gonna, you know, the the Medallia four by forty-six is my, you know, my everyday smoke. It's what I, you know, if you're, you know, if you don't know what Amanda's smoking and you have to guess, gun to head, it's gonna be the Medallia four by forty-six. I love that cigar. Uh, and then the the LSE would be, you know, number three. And I'll I'll add a fourth since I had two Medallias in there, and I'm. Um, you know, I've been smoking more of La Crema, and I really, uh, and I'm enjoying those a lot, too, right now. That's another good one, too. I really yeah. like that one a lot. Um, I'm also one of my top three. In my top three is the Grande Bold Lajero. I love that cigar. Yeah, that's such an interesting <laughs> cigar, because, and, and I, and I, I love, what I love about that cigar is it's like a polarizing cigar. People, you know, there's a lot of Macaulay's that people like, and you know, we're fortunate that there's cigars people of McAuliffe that people love. The Lajero is people either love it or they don't care for it. But you almost never find somebody who's like, yeah, I like that smoke. You know, oh, I love fun. it. It is a polarizing cigar. People, you know, um, and, you know, it's great. It's, and I, you know, it's an interesting, I'm told, and I haven't smoked a lot of Lajero uh, in general, but but I'm told that that, that Lajero leaf is a little different than most other people's. And so I guess I got to try some more Lajero to be able to really speak with authority on that. But I mean, if you want to try a lot of Lajero, you can go LFD. <laughs> That's the home yeah. of the Lajero. <laughs> uh, they have some pretty potent sticks over there with, with some of the Lajero yeah. that they use. Uh, but actually, so interesting, my, I would say my top three would be Probably Leenda One, McAuliffe A, and then probably the McDalia. Um, I, I just, I th- those are probably the three that really made me stop and think when when I had them. Um, just about the cigar, about the about the brand, and just kind of you know, kind of like what you said about the light bulb kind of going off. Um, those those three were probably the three that resonated with me the most, and I really enjoy. Um, but what I wanted to ask you, because I was curious. Uh, since we kind of touched on this earlier. So if you had to pick three cigars that are not McAuliffe that you enjoy, I know I'm putting you in the hot seat here. What would you say those three cigars are? I'm not going to be very good at this. Uh, <laughs> I do like the da- Davidoff's Grand Cru number two. That was the Oof. first cigar. When I, so when I finally started really smoking other cigars, um, 
Dan brought one of those in and I smoked that and I'm like, this is really good. And that really sort of turned me on to that sort of the mellowness that a cigar can have. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. Um, there's an Avo Al uh, smokes, and I can't remember which one, and he can never re remember the name of it either, that I really, really like. And I want to say it's like the turquoise one or something, but don't quote me on that, but it's a great smoke. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know what else. Sam's squirming right now and yelling at me because he's given me some great cigars. I'm also the worst at remembering, like, I'll be like, that cigar, that was, you know, you gave it to me on where we were, but I'm the worst at remembering names. So, you know, I, I, the worst person to ask, but I could go back into a, I could point to it, but I wouldn't be able to tell you. That's fine. I, I'm horrible with names, songs, movies, and he's like an encyclopedia. So we're yin and yang on, on that. So I understand. It's funny how you <laughs> mentioned the Davidoff Grand Cru. That's a very good cigar. Um, and I would say out of all of the white label, um, that's that's tough. It, it's between like that one and the anniversary three for me, uh, or the anniversario uh, number three. Oh, I, I like that. There's a little black label Tatawahe that I really like. I, I, you know, what's funny. I definitely go to a very specific size cigar, which I know isn't how one should pick a cigar, and I totally get that. There's great smokes in all sizes, but uh, I am guilty of of liking a cigar in the same that there's something about the amount of time it takes to smoke and the ratio of wrapper to binder to filler that I really like when you're in that, like, you know, sort of five by 40, you know, four by 46 range, you know, up to like a five and a half by, you know, 42 or something. But I don't, I like a, I like that, that, that quantity of wrapper to binder filler. It just seems to work for me. No, that's interesting, and it's interesting that you say that because it's not something that really gets brought up a lot on the show. Like, not only the fact that you like a certain size, but why you like it because you like that ratio. A lot of people will just be like, "Well, I like robustos." Okay, that's cool. You know, oh, I'm a I'm a Churchill guy. Nice, but I like how you took it the extra mile. You're like, "Well, I like it because of the you know the ratio of all the tobaccos together." That's a really good answer. It's like so little, but it's like it's just impressive yeah. to me because I had so many of these conversations that no one's ever actually put it that way before. <laughs> what's also what's interesting about that size is is that really it's like it's if you like if you took a lincero and you chopped two inches off of it. Yeah. And you know blenders and and sort of cigar snobs, if you will, they love a lincero because they like that sort of ratio of tobacco. Yeah. And so I think. I'm essentially, I'm a slow smoker. And so I think I'm essentially leaning in toward the same thing that those guys are looking for or girls, but because I smoke so slow, I just want, you know, I want five inches, not seven inches. Cause I'll be here until tomorrow morning. If I have a seven inch cigar to smoke, <laughs> I am a very slow, slow smoker, which if you're watching and you're a new smoker, that's okay too. It, it is. Um, you know, I'm a Lancero guy myself. Um, you know, as, as, as you mentioned, you're a slow smoker. That's especially in those thinner ring gauge cigars. That's very important. You know, you smoke them too fast, they get too hot. You know, the flavor changes. You know, it gets real bitter. It, it, it drops off. So, you know, the slower you smoke those cigars, you know, you really do get that that perfect flavor um, in that ratio. You know, have, you have a lot less filler. You know, you can taste more of the the binder and the and the uh, and the wrapper. You know, with that too. And and uh, 
I do like a Lancero. I'm a faster smoker, and I smoke a lot of big ring gauge stuff and a lot of longer stuff. So, But I also do like a Lancero, so I always have to remind myself when I have a Lancero, it's kind of like I need to slow down so I can enjoy this because this is not, you know, like a, a 6 by 60 like I smoke a lot of the time. So, uh yeah, I mean, I, I there's a lot of great sizes out there. Sometimes I think that there's too many sizes. Not that it's a bad thing, but there's, there's just too many to remember. And then you get into all the different figurados that, you know, everyone makes their own crazy shape. And uh, it, it, get, it gets fun, but it gets confusing, too. Um, well, I was going to say, let's be real here. There's also people just call things whatever they want. Which yeah. is one of the things I found super confusing. And, Nicole, I'm super curious if you've had this experience as well. That... What is a petite Corona in one brand has a completely is not a petite Corona in another brand. It's just like there's, which is why I generally like to speak in, you know, you know, your ring gauge and your length, because I find all these names, people just sort of randomly throw onto a cigar, however it suits them. I know traditional Cubans, I guess I've been told or taught that, you know, they were pretty regimented in what they called a cigar but outside of that people take a lot of liberties and if you're a new smoker it can get really confusing you know yeah. and so um anyway it's just it was just a, it's a funny observation that i've had and i thought it was funny when you brought that up but um it actually anyway. it no actually what you were saying is interesting because as you were saying that i'm thinking i'm like yeah i mean there are some brands who have some sizes and they give them the craziest names i mean yeah. like for example um arturo fuente which you know we you know we really enjoy they have a line in their heaven and earth collection that i think anyone who knows that collection is very familiar with and it's called the bbmf now those letters actually stand for something <laughs> um and if you don't know what they stand for it stands for big bad motherfucker uh and that's that's what it stands for and that is the cigar that arturo fuente has on the market uh it's a crazy cigar it's super rare um you know if you ever find one that's awesome but uh yeah it, there's there's just some weird i mean lfd has the andalusian bull which is it's an interesting shape it's 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 like an augmented solomon i believe as, as carney yeah. likes to describe it so uh it, which it is um it's almost kind of like the solomon unico with like the end kind of chopped clean um that they make so yeah there's some really interesting and some some odd stuff out there and and especially those weirder shapes they they smoke so uniquely because they're not very um you know traditional which always yeah. kind of makes the smoking experience very interesting um i do want to hit on our on our news uh sorry on our sports segment, segment really quickly uh john's not here this week and there hasn't been a lot of crazy sports stuff going on as we're kind of getting to that point where uh you know basketball and hockey are getting towards the end of the playoffs baseball is just kind of doing its thing and nfl is hasn't really picked up in spring and in, in their in their preseason yet so there's really not much going on we usually keep it just to our boston stuff you know red sox playing well uh sitting comfortably in second place right now uh chris sale is about to return for the red sox which would be great to have their ace back uh, Patriots, you know, uh, Cam Newton had a much better, uh, you know, I would say he's had a, a much better mini camp season this year. Uh, I think the Patriots made some big moves in the draft and in the off season. They went out and got a lot of good players. They drafted, you know, another quarterback in Mac Jones. I think the Patriots are going to have a much better year, uh, this year in the post Tom Brady era than they did last year. Uh, I'll give them last year, you know, as a mulligan because, you know, Tom left kind of late. 
COVID-19 happened. There was a lot of stuff going on, so I'll give them the mulligan. I, I have a lot of more higher hopes for them this year. Uh, Bruins and Celtics are out of the playoffs. You know, a lot of questions surround the Bruins as to, you know, what's going to happen with some of the members of their team. You know, you, you, Tuka Rask is going to miss the first part of the season with surgery next year. Uh, you know, do the Bruins go out and, 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 and re-sign Yaroslav Halak uh, as, as a goaltender? You know, who, who knows who's going to step up and be, uh, you know, the starting goaltender until Tuka returns, if, if they even re-sign Tuka Rask. Uh, so a lot of questions over there. And, uh, oh, interesting news, I would say, uh, especially for Andy. I know Andy's watching. Andy's living in the uh, Nashville area. And uh, this weekend, NASCAR makes its return to Nashville to race in Nashville. All three series will race this weekend. The Cup Series, the Xfinity Series, and the Andrew Outdoors Truck Series will all race in Nashville this weekend. So that's all I'm going to do for sports. I'm going to keep it light. I'm going to keep it uh, keep it short and sweet. Uh, you know, if John was here, maybe we'd dive in a little bit more. But um, Amanda, we are yes. we are getting kind of close to the end of the show. I know Off the Record's coming up too. Uh, actually, I think it's already started. But uh, so we won't keep you too much longer. I wanted to say thank you for coming on the show. This has been such a pleasure to have you with us. We've we've been wanting to have you on for such a long time. Uh, as I said, now now we just need to get Al on the show. Um, yes, no, we will make Al happen for sure. Yeah. Um, and there's actually not an off the record tonight. They're gonna they're replaying something, so definitely check it out if you haven't seen all of them. But uh, I do want to mention that tomorrow we have a virtual event with uh, Grand Cru Cigars in St. Louis starting at 6 p.m. Central. And so please tune in. It should be a really fun show. Uh, and so, you know, we don't normally go live on a Thursday, but uh, we're going to this week. So, you know, keeping it, we're keeping it fresh. Awesome. And you did mention something about a wine pairing. Yes, and so oh, Friday, uh, Jared is joining Sam, and I may or may not be participating. I'm the jury is still out, uh, and doing uh, some, some cigar wine pairings, which should be. I had uh, the great pleasure of traveling uh, in the Midwest with with Jared a few weeks ago, uh, and you know he knows his his wine, and he also knows his food. I ate very well, uh, and so that should be a really fun show too. That's Friday, Friday during our regular Friday one o'clock show. Awesome. You know, it's funny. Uh, I know. I know. Andy's also very in, in uh into wine and and eating very well and, and and there's a there's a common denominator between jared and andy uh they both really into wine and they know how to eat steven really well steven steven poirier yeah steven also meat which you know car i mean carney's the meat guy so there it is it's all it's all it's all carney's doing because he you know yeah. led all of them yeah. at one point or another yeah everyone likes to touch carney <laughs> everyone likes to touch carney um <laughs> no I, it's funny because you know and I, I, we were with andy and uh andy and um and steven recently we went to dinner when they were up here and you know they were telling they were telling us you know about some of their days at lfd with john and you know some of the restaurants they would go to and stuff and and you know the wines and the steaks they'd get and i'm like geez wow <laughs> You guys had a hell of a time. So, yeah, I mean, Carney definitely knows how to eat now. He knows how to drink, too. I We've done it with him hundreds of times uh, our whole tour in Florida. That was a great But time. Andy and Stephen, they they did the the choosing of the wines. Oh, yeah. When we were when oh, we yeah. out, and they did good. They, they, did, they did very good. Yeah. Andy, I would say Andy, Stephen, um, I know Sam knows really well, but I haven't really, I haven't, like, you know, enjoyed wine with him yet. But yes, yeah, Stephen and Andy, they know their stuff. Learning his wine, but Sam knows bourbon very well. But yes, so, Stephen uh, and we've 
different team members that I can go to for different advice, you know, which is really what it's all about. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it, it makes, it makes for a great dynamic too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I would say, uh, I would say, yeah, Amanda, thank you for coming on the show. Nicole, is Thanks there anything? Absolutely. Is there anything that you want to add to Ooh, um, no, but next week we have, um, the cigar dojo on. That's right. We have Eric from Cigar Dojo will be coming on the show. This is going to be a fun show. Um, again, it's another kind of media-media mashup. We've been doing a lot of those lately, and it's been really but fun. But they're fun. It, it's fun because it's different. Um, so, yeah, definitely check that out. And then after that, we're getting kind of close to uh, our PCA. So the the week uh, of the show on July 7th, we we won't have anyone on with us, I don't think. No, because we're going to do a pregame yes. sort of episode. And then f- the week after, Post-game. Um, we'll, we'll still, me and Nicole will still be in Las Vegas um, after the, the weekend of the trade show um for for a whole another week so we will do a kind of a post game show and uh, i believe william cooper may be involved in that as well yep um he'll be out there but we actually might all be doing the show together from yep. las vegas um it remains to be seen I, I i talked to cooper about it but nothing's official i have to touch base with him so uh keep an eye out for that uh it's and it's it's you know a lot's gonna yeah. be happening the next couple of weeks it's gonna get really busy for us because because amanda you uh, mcauliffe is not going to pca this year correct we are not we are not exhibiting yeah. at the trade show um you know we are, are are fans and advocates of the pca and you know matt i love that you you touched on that at the beginning of the show how important it is for uh not just manufacturers and shops but you know consumers to keep themselves educated about you know what's happening with cigar legislation it affects all of us uh and you know the pca is out there on the front lines fighting that fight and we have a lot of respect for that um the trade show however just you know we really wanted to focus our uh you know time and you know marketing dollars on the ambassador group and some of these other programs so we're chose not to participate in the trade show this year but we'll be uh tuning in and watching you and coop and and seeing how the show is going and we wish everybody the best of luck uh you know and i think i think it's gonna be a really interesting year and we're excited to see what happens yeah we're excited too i mean not having a show last year um you know and a lot of other factors that have been going on since the last trade show which was in 2019 when it was known as IPCPR um yeah. it's uh i think this show is definitely going to be it's going to be very interesting in 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 who goes and what happens and what we see uh and Coop and I kind of talked about that if you guys are interested in any of that uh Coop and I actually did our own little pregame show uh this past weekend you can find that video on our YouTube channel um where we kind of we we went into the ethics of cigar manufacturing and, and certain aspects and of kind of the do's and don'ts that I think some man, manufacturers should and shouldn't do. Not necessarily that they that they're not allowed or are allowed to do, but kind of like like I said, the ethics. And then we kind of talked a little bit about what we expect to get out of PCA this year with everything that's kind of surrounded that as well so check that video out that was a really good uh little extra episode that we did but other than that yeah i mean this has been a great show amanda thank you for joining us it's been a lot of fun it's it's been great to have another sister of the leaf on the show and uh guys next week eric's coming on from cigar dojo so don't miss that one it's gonna be great and i think carney should be back so expect another soap review uh with that stay smoky everybody we'll see you next week take care bye everyone bye guys thanks